The Lord be with you. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Ah, what a glorious day. Before we get into these amazing readings, I just want to say a word of deep gratitude and thankfulness towards all of your generosity. Last weekend, we had the largest collection in our parish's history. Think about it, the largest collection we've ever had. And remember, last weekend, we had our, our annual Catholic appeal. And so usually when we have that annual Catholic appeal, the general collection tends to be a little lower. But not only that, we're still under COVID, and so many of our people are starting coming back to Mass. And so we're, 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 we're restricted COVID-ly. Is that, is that a word? And annual Catholic appeal. And so we have the largest collection. Guess how much we collected last weekend. Now, to give you an idea, on average, we probably a good collection would be $3,000 in a weekend. That means we're, we're paying the bills, we're, we're maintaining the salaries, I'm eating. Right? So we're okay, $3,000, we're good. We live to fight another day. Last weekend, we collected $8,500. And that's not counting the online donations, by the way. So that total is probably closer to $9,000. That's amazing, you guys. Utterly amazing. And so last night, I, was, I felt extremely lucky. So I went over to the pepper mill. <laughs> and I tripled our money at the blackjack table. Praise the Lord. No, that's highly illegal. I'll we'll never do that. But I'm already stunned by it, by your generosity. And by the way, the weekend before that, I didn't mention this, 
$6,000. We're called to be generous, our Lord says. Wildly generous. And our, par- our little parish is doing that. So thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Kids say the darnest things, don't they? You know, we have a beautiful little parishioner. So I'm going to call her out so you can pay attention. Evelyn Isabella. Right over there. She's with Tom and Kathy. That's her grandchild, of course. She's, she's one of those chattering four-year-olds, huh? Again, I'll give you an idea. I remember last summer, I don't remember this time, but we were hanging out on his back porch. You know, his back porch looks over the par- portion of the valley. It was a beautiful summer evening. We're all hanging out with, of course, adult beverages in our hands, just enjoying the beautiful evening. Evelyn comes in, not saying a word, plops herself down on the swinging bench that they have, makes a huge sigh of relief, as if she just walked in after a shift, a 12-hour shift in the mine. You know, she's like, and she says, oh, what a gorgeous evening this is. <laughs> she would have been probably in three at that time. I said, I looked at her, I said, what What'd you say? A three-year-old saying that most adults, many adults can't even enjoy the beautiful calm of a summer evening. So that's her chatterbox, four-year-old now. She asked Tom one day, Jesus. Jesus is God? Yes, he is. Her mind now, her four-year-old brain, trying to process that. Jesus is man? Yes, he is. Then her brain trying to process. Jesus is God and man? She's pondering the incarnation. Yes. And then as you all know, if you see her face, she's got that million-dollar smile, huh? Just explodes in delight. As she pondered in awe and majesty at the idea of the incarnation. And immediately I thought, Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. Our Lord himself says, unless you become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Because what is the beauty that we all had when we were kids? We had a sense of awe, wonder. But as we grow up, what happens? That awe and wonder begins, begins to get suffocated by our preoccupations, our distractions. We get beat up by the world. We get hurts. Relationships breaks our hearts, struggles, suffering. And that beautiful wonder what we used to have becomes shriveled up. But it never quite goes away. How do I know that? Have you ever marveled at a sunset before? At a beautiful sunrise? You ever see our beautiful full moons that we have here in the valley sometimes? Notice what happens to your heart. Notice what happens to it. Those in your heart, now notice this, your heart begins to expand at the wonder and the beauty of God's creation, doesn't it? Which is why, by the way, people flock up here, don't they, from the cities. We go to beaches on vacation, and we wander at the marvel of creation. What is that wonder? But we are experiencing 
indirectly the beauty and the power and the majesty of the Creator. See, even non-believers will recognize that, that there is an attraction to nature. Why? Because God the Creator made it. And that awe and that wonder expands, never goes away. That same majesty, that inspiration, that awe-inspiring impact happened to Peter, James, and John in the gospel today. Notice now Jesus takes just those, just those three. He, t- he leaves the other nine probably below. And he takes up Peter, James, and John. And he takes them up a high mountain. Immediately, every first century Jew, would have, their ears would have perked up when they heard that detail. High mountain. It's not just a, a throwaway detail. For a first century Jew, what the mountain meant was an encounter with God. So always remember that. Whenever you hear about mountains, think, encounter with God. God, mountain, mountain, God. Because remember, where did Moses encounter God and receive the Ten Commandments? Mount Sinai, didn't he? Where is Jerusalem now? Jerusalem is is on a mountain, which is why to this very day, when Jews speak of going to Jerusalem, they always say we are going up to Jerusalem to encounter God on the mountain in the sacred holy temple in Jerusalem. So remember, mountain God, God mountain. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a mountain. This is called, this mountain is Mount Tabor. You go to Israel today, guess what you'll find on, on this Mount Tabor? A Catholic church right on top of it. Originally built in the 4th century, destroyed when the Muslims came in, took over. The Crusaders came back, retook that land, we rebuilt it in the 12th century. And then the Muslims took it back again, destroyed it. And then in 1924 is what you see there now. Up a high mountain. But in fact, you don't have to go to Jerusalem or to, to Israel to experience this. Notice church architecture. This is not just a box that we meet in, by the way. This is supposed to be a place of encounter with the living God. When you walked in here, many of you, you walked up stairs. Every, especially older Catholic churches, you always walk up to the doors. That's a vestige of encountering God on the mountain. You walk up into church. Modern churches tend to be flat in, 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 on the modern entrances in order to accommodate handicapped people, uh, those with disabilities. But you'll notice in the sanctuary, it is always raised. It's always raised up because it's higher. Because right here, what you're looking at here, this is Mount Loyalton. <laughs> right here. Because from this altar, the living God comes down and you will encounter him anew. So Jesus now, Mount Tabor, Peter, James, and John. Up to this point, Jesus would have looked like any other Jew. He would have talked like a Jew. He would have smelled like any other human being. He would have moved like any of us. He looked normal until this moment. He was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Jesus would have radiated 
the intensity of a million suns. That's how blinding he would have been. So blinding would have been they couldn't even look at him. But not only that, all of a sudden next to him appears Moses and Elijah. The two pivotal figures of the Old Testament. Imagine that scene. They were utterly dumbfounded. Look, and I love the floundering Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter's amazing. And one of the greatest understatements in the entire Bible. Peter now witnessing Jesus just, just blazing like the sun. Elijah Moses standing right there, flounders out. He's able to mutter something. Uh, 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 Rabbi, it's good that you're here. <laughs> what? The universe is exploding in your eyeballs and you say rabbi, which simply means uh, teacher. Teacher, uh, it's good that you're here, teacher. And then he, he, and then he sputters out, uh, let's, uh, let's make you a tent. <laughs> Do you get the, the drama how understated Peter's reaction is? Because that it says here, he was so utterly terrified. He hardly knew what to say. Why does he reveal himself to just Peter, James, and John? Reveals his majesty. They were awestruck, astonished, bewildered. It's because Jesus was preparing them. Because he knew what was going to happen shortly after this. Jesus would eventually be arrested beaten and crucified. Because imagine that, if you're one of his disciples, you're following him around, Jesus is going around performing miracles, and he says he's going to perform the kingdom. He's going to build the kingdom. But then he's arrested, beaten down like a common criminal, and executed in the most humiliating way, engineered by the Roman Empire. Remember, crucifixion was, was meant to not only kill you, but to kill you over a long period of time, as much as humanly possible, but also to strip you of every human dignity. Our Lord was crucified naked, by the way. Remember that detail. He was naked hanging on that cross. I mean, in our Christian art, we cover him for, to honor his modesty. But they crucified you naked to make sure that everybody knew that you were a dog compared to Rome. So imagine how that would rock their faith. That's God. But Peter, James, and John would have immediately, when they saw Jesus hanging on that cross, they would have, would have immediately remembered Mount Tabor. Dazzling white, blazing with a thousand suns. Moses, Elijah, conversing with him. That would have strengthened their hearts to remain faithful. You see, what our Lord does, that he is calling us higher. He is calling us higher, trying to open up our horizons. All of us now who have been battered out by life, who simply think our world is just this little existence here. Oh, no. Remember the first words out of the mouth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. The very first words out of the mouth of our Lord and Savior. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, in English, though, repent tends to be 
it's, it's, a, it's a little superficial because we hear the word repent in English and we think of saying, oh, just say sorry. Oh, we missed the drama in the original Greek. What our Lord would have said to them in the scripture, that word repent, first words out of his mouth, metanoiate, which, are, which is two Greek words. Now check this out, this is utterly amazing. It breaks it all open. The first word is meta. We get our English word metaphysics from it. Meta means beyond. The second word in metanoia is new, which means mind or spirit. So when our Lord is preaching to all of us, as he's going around encountering people, he's telling us, go beyond your puny mind and your thinking and your spirit. Go beyond that now. Because what I am bringing to you is something incomprehensible. I am bringing an entirely new order to the universe. I am God in the flesh. I am God walking among you. I have created you for something much more. So much so that no eye has seen, no ear has heard for what God has prepared for those who love him. God has prepared a place for all of us which is far more beautiful, far more spectacular than any of this. He wants to blow apart our minds and our thinking to go beyond, to be astonished and dazzled again. And if that was not enough, look what happens next. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. And from the cloud came the Father's voice. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Do you see, my brothers and sisters, what we are made for? Why we are called to change our lives and to listen to every utterance that comes from the mouth of God. And when we stay faithful to Him in the midst of our suffering and our pain, Remember the transfiguration. Remember what you are created for. Remember your dignity. And remember, we were not created for here. But he has come to usher us home to our true kingdom. That's the glory of being Christian. That's what we were created for. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.